Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. In Jesus' name, in the mighty name of Jesus, I bless you Lord for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our midst. I thank you because we are ready for this and because this is your time and this is your season for you to bring your people to their rightful place. I pray that as I speak these words, you speak to the heart of each of us in Jesus' name. I pray that no person's heart will remain unchanged. We want the testimonies from these teachings, from this series, even before the end of the year, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. We give thanks to God. We give him praise uh, for bringing us here. Um, so I've given a handout to everybody. Um, if you don't have a pen, I have some pens here. So we'll give it out to us. I'm going to need someone to help with the slides because the um, remote doesn't work. So welcome to Sunday. Um, what I'm going to do today is give an introduction to the Joseph series. I felt it's um, valuable for the church to know the mind of God. It's not my own mind, it's not my own doing, it's not my wisdom either. It is the mind of God. Um, so I will, I will share what I can with you today. Um, and really the plan is um, when the series starts, for those of us who can make it here, please be here. Uh, for those of us who will listen to it on a podcast, that is, that is also fine. But also please share it with people who you feel God has called um, into the marketplace. So Joseph, the title is Joseph from Dream to Palace. And it's about strategies for advancing in the, in the marketplace. So, so what I'm kind of doing here is almost two sermons in one, but they are linked. So for any of the things that I'm not able to cover in depth, there's going to be um, teachings on the Wednesdays for the next eight weeks. So if we go to the next slide. I thought we'd tell ourselves who Joseph is in case there's anyone who doesn't know him. Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob. He was the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham. So he's from the he's from the Abrahamic line. His mother was Rachel, so that is the wife that Jacob loved. Um, but Rachel had to share a husband with her sister Leah, which is the wife that he got um, for the first seven years of work, and Rachel he got for the the fourteen years of work. So. Jacob already had 10 children from the first wife, Leah, and the concubines of Leah and the concubine of Rachel. So as you can see, there are big issues in the family, division, um, same father, but different mothers, all, all sorts of fights and arguments and obviously jealousy because one wife was loved more than the other and everybody knew, and it kind of set the tone for the family. 
So Joseph is thrown into the middle of this. So the first message there that is your background and what God has in mind for you is like from A to Z. God does not look at the background of people. Um, if your family is perfect, that is great. But if your family is dysfunctional, that is also fine. Because God can use that and make a great thing out of it. So what happened to Joseph, we have in Genesis 37 and then Genesis 39 to 50. And if you just put your, your bookmark there or anything that you, you actually use, put it there because I'll be um, getting people to find things for me. I have not put any Bible words on the, on the PowerPoint because I like people opening their Bibles. So what happened to him? The summary of, of it is that he shares his dreams of greatness with his brothers. He tells them, oh, this is what I dreamt, that I'm going to be great and you're all going to bow to me. Now, we are already told at the beginning of 37 that he was hated because he was the child of the, the favorite wife. So with all these dreams, the hatred gets to even more. Um, and one day when they have an opportunity, they sell him into slavery. And it's funny that they sell him to the Midianites who come from the line of Ishmael. So they hated him to the point that they basically sold him to the enemies of the, the family. But God's plan was for him to end up in Egypt. So he's bought by Potiphar, who was the head, I think, I think he was the head of the guards of Pharaoh. So in as much as um, his brothers felt that they were harming him, they were actually the vehicle that God used to bring him to his destiny or closer to his destiny. So he's bought by Potiphar and runs the business so, so well that Potiphar just says, this is yours, just run it. The only thing that I'm going to look after is my wife. And the wife looks at Joseph and likes him, decides she wants him. He decides he doesn't want her and he says no. So she lies and he ends up in prison for something that he did not do. But the prison that he was sent to was the prison uh, of Pharaoh. So it was the royal prison. It wasn't the normal one where the really bad people go. It was a prison that was getting him even closer to Pharaoh. So even in prison, he ends up running the prison and he uses his gift to bless other prisoners. And it is them that God uses to finally bring him to the palace where he interprets the dream of Pharaoh and he tells him how to solve the problem that God said is coming up and that's how he ends up running the country. And in the process of running the, the country, he saves his family. And it's a wonderful text to read if you read it and you take your time with it and you go into the details of some of the, the things. 
there are so many things there that we can learn from. So if we move to the next slide, so this is where it then starts to get exciting. So how did Joseph get from, I guess, zero to hero? The Bible study series we're running is about people getting to um, positions of power, influence, and wealth for the kingdom. And these people are me, these people are you, these people are anyone who will follow these teachings and who will do the things in these teachings. So the first thing that we need to look at is what is the process? How do the people of God get to the top? There is a worldly way to get to the top, the normal way, your CV, what is on your CV, your qualifications. That is plausible, that is fine, and that is good, but it's not glorious. There is something in being a Joseph that brings glory to God. So the whole uh, process that we read of in the Bible in those few chapters takes 13 years. So in step one, step by step, we're going to take it. In step one, he's the favorite of the household. He's in a place where he's valued. He's in a place where he's well-known. He's in a place where he's the darling. He's in a place where he's given a coat of many colors. But that's not his destination. The coat of many colors, if we if we start to if we start to look look at it in a different way, the coat of many colors speaks of honor, it speaks of grace, but it also speaks of the seven spirits of God. I bet you that there there was seven colors on that coat. And we know what seven means. So he was given that coat because of the relationship he had with Jacob. Joseph was the favorite, but he was the favorite because of how he related to his father. Any other of the children could also have had that if they had not let the issue of, oh, my mom and my dad, they don't get along. If they had not let that into their hearts, they would have seen their father in the same way that Joseph saw him. So when it comes to me, when it comes to you, the first step is when we are given a garment of honor, we are given a garment of glory, we are given the seven spirits of God. And when we are given those, that's when the process starts. So when we start to manifest in our gifts, many people think, yes, I've arrived and I'm really cool. It's actually the very first step. It is the cult, it is the treatment from his dad that then leads to the jealousy that will land him to step number two. So in our eyes, it looks like he's going down, but actually in the eyes of God, he's getting closer and closer to where he's going. So what he faces here is the Judas test. The test of people that you trust, people who are your family, people who you are close to, people who you love, who treat you bad. And then you end up in a place where you kind of felt, what have I done to deserve this? But it was all in the plan 
of God. And this is one of the tests that we all have to go through and we all have to pass. We have to learn to be rejected by people, to be hurt by people, and yet keep going. Then in step number three, he's in Potiphar's house, and he's starting now to kind of do okay. He's still a slave, but now he's got somewhere to live. He's on a salary. He's got some influence. He's starting to get some power. And it, it's here that he also gets tempted. See, when we are stage number three, we are, I guess, halfway through. And you are starting to do well somehow. It may be in a job, it may be in ministry, it may be in anything. And it's at this um, stage three that most people will lose it. Why? One of the reasons is um, they will not be faithful in somebody else's business. And that's one of the things the Bible says, if you are not faithful in somebody else's business, who is going to give you yours? So let's think of when we're at work, when we're in, in, the, in the church, anything that we're given, how faithful are we to it? So he passed that, that test. He was faithful to Potiphar. Another thing that we will face is the, the temptation to, um, to satisfy our own self. Because of the power and because of the relative ease with which he can just do things, Joseph could easily have taken what was not his, and still, in the end, he would have ended up in prison, but he never would have got out. It's easy when things start to work to think that, well, I'm there and I can just do this and no one is going to know. So that period ends and he ends up in a prison. So that is the, the second pit. So... He's done everything right and still he ends up back in prison. What he doesn't know is that he's just one step away from his destiny. So here he was very, very close, but he was in prison. And here he could have given up, he could have given in, but he didn't. He carried on, he used his gifts to bless people. And in blessing those two people, um, two years later, which seems like a very long, long time, he ends up in the presence of the ruler of Egypt. And as we read in the lesson, he basically ends up running the country. He was there, and he ended up there because God could trust him with the influence and the power. The more I thought of this, God said, if you're not ready, if I see that you're not um, ready for the influence and for the power, I'm not going to give it to you. You know when we say that God doesn't fail? The reason he doesn't fail is that he picks his people very, very well. If Joseph did did not go through this, 
you would not have got to number five, it would have happened through somebody else. So now I want you to think of you and try to guess where you are. And don't say you're number five, because we all know you're not. <laughs> no one is in number five. Where are we? Where are you? Are you in number one? Are you still in the land where you're everybody's favorite and everybody loves you and everybody's great, but are you in number two where you feel you're on your own and you don't know what's happened and you don't know why you've ended up there? Are you in number three where, yes, some things are happening and but you can see that there's something that you are not really quite where you're meant to be. You, you know that there is more. Are you in number four? Are you in number four? And I think number four is the hardest one because it's the one where you can just give up because you feel like, what is the point in what I am doing? So the whole of this process is about learning to serve and dying to self. So if we can go to the, the next one. So this just gives us a pattern really of how God lifts people how God makes people, how God grows people. He will give you a dream. You know, what is the dream that you have in your heart? What is it that God has put there? After you have that dream and you're given that dream, you're going to go through a cycle. You're going to go a series of things that will happen to you to build you so that when you get to the destiny, you don't mess it up. For you and for whoever else you were called to save. See, God needs to put us in the dark room. You know, in the old times of the photos where there used to be um, a film. You put in the camera and then you take it out and then it goes in the, the, the dark room. God needs to put us in the dark room if we're going to come out and look like the picture that he had. In mind, many people don't want to even get into the dark room at all. There are so many people that their glory is bottled up. The picture is bottled up in that film because they, they, I don't want to go through the dark room. I don't want to go through the pit. I don't want anybody to insult me. I don't want people to lie. I don't want. I just want to be on my own. Many people just stay in that box. Then there's the next set of people that get to the dark room, but they don't stay stay there long enough for the picture to come out the way that God had in mind. They come out of the dark room way too, way too soon and they look nothing like what God had in mind. And bear in mind that God has said, I will do this for this person, I'll do that for this person. So when the picture comes out and it doesn't look like what God had in mind, it looks like God took a bad photo, but actually he, he did not. It is me and it is you who did not wait for his time. There is something that we need to learn. We need to learn to stand on our own. The whole um, point of Joseph was learning to stand on his own and with the dream, with the promise that God had made to him and to just keep going. See, God needs to work in me to be able to work through me. 
There are some things that God cannot do with me now simply because I'm not ready for it. And if I manipulate and pull and try, I would end up doing those things, but I would end up looking bad. God would end up looking bad. Because they will say, oh, but she said that God has sent her, but he needs us to get ready. And really, this church is about getting people ready. God said, here, what you're called to do is to prepare people for their future. That's the long and short of it. That is why you're here. It's not for me. It's not for Pastor Bayo. It's not for the choir. It is for you. Everything that comes from here is about building you for what is coming, for the glory that is coming. And we see throughout the Bible that this is the pattern that God uses to make people whose legacy will last. When our brother was praying earlier, he said that God should not make us like Saul. Why didn't Saul last? Saul didn't last because he didn't go through the process. He was tall, he was good looking, he was gifted, and they just made him king. And when he got there, he couldn't stand the pressure of, oh, I have to wait for Samuel to do the sacrifice. What are people going to say? But David knew it doesn't matter what people say. David had gone through the process. David had been tested. And that's why David lasted. You can either be a Saul or you can be a David. And Saul really was what Saul was there because God was waiting for David to be ready. You can be the starter, you can be the preview, or you can be the main course. I have found that doing things God's way is always the best way. So let's go to the next one. So what was different about Joseph? Joseph had a love for his father that the others did not have. And as I speak of Joseph, I want you to think of you. And as I speak of the father, I want you to think of God. He loved what belonged to his father and he could be trusted with it. Can somebody read Genesis 37 too, please? Genesis 37 too. Yeah. with him at 17 years old and he was the one that will see his brothers doing the wrong thing and he would run to the father to tell him. Why would he run to the father to tell him? Because he realised that this is, this is my father's property, these are his sheep, these are 
um, the things that at the end of the day he's going to give to us after he leaves. This is what we need to feed the family. And my brothers are basically selling them for cheap. Listen, Joseph was not the first thing of their father that they sold. For you to get to the level where you're selling a person, you have been selling sheep before. So they will go with a thousand sheep, they will come back with 950. Joseph had a heart for the things of his father. My question for you is, do you have a heart for the things of God? Pastor was um, talking to us earlier about what we're going to do on the 23rd of December. And we're going out there, we're going to tell people about the gospel. Do you, do you have it in your heart? Do you have concern in your heart that there are people out there who don't know Jesus, who don't know God? Is that a problem for you? Or not? If it's not a problem, you are probably not a Joseph. Are you bothered about the house of God? Are you bothered about people who are living less because they don't know God. So that is the heart that Joseph had. And Joseph needed to have that heart. So when he gets to the top. He's not just going to turn around and kill his brothers. For hurting him. Which he could have done. So what Joseph was. Because he was good. He made the bad people feel bad. When we're good. When we're a Joseph we will make the non-Josephs feel bad. And the non-Josephs are still children of the father, so they are just a Christian like me and you. But they don't have a heart for the father. And that means when we're in the same house, when we're in the same church, there will be problem. Because Joseph will be saying, my father's house, my father's house, and everybody else, just be thinking about all I want to do is just go out and have fun and if I can sell that sheep to make some money to have fun it doesn't matter my father has many and I can just mess around with one the heart of a Joseph church leader is different to the heart of your normal ordinary church leader and to be able to be pastored by a Joseph, you have to be a Joseph. If you are not, you'll see a Joseph church leader and you will think they haven't got a clue what they're talking about. You will think they're over the top. You, you will think it's not so hard. One of the lessons that we can learn here is that we have to be careful who we share our dream with. Truly, he should have been able to share his dreams with the, the brothers but at times you you need to one needs to look at people who are they what are the things that they do when nobody else is looking and judge yes the bible said we should not judge and what that means is you should not say who's going to heaven and who's going to hell but you need to choose who's going to be your friend and who's going to be not your friend you can't say the bible says we shouldn't judge and then you're just friends with everybody and you're telling things to everybody and you're going out with everybody 
we have to learn to find out who people are and see whether they are part of those that can bring us closer to our destiny. If you want people to like you, you're going to have to drop your vision. But if you have a vision and your vision is bigger than you, then you're going to be hated by people. But you will be loved by those who have the same vision as you. And you will find them if you will hold on to the vision. Next, next slide, please. So what was different about Joseph, this Joseph guy? He refused to become bitter. It's easy when people say stuff, when people do stuff, to just want to shut down and say, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm not preaching anymore, I'm not uh, giving people money anymore, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. If you do that, you shut yourself and the vision down. He refused to indulge his flesh. Ego is a big problem. Ego is that sense of self. This is who I am and there are some things that people cannot do to me. There are some things people cannot say to me. I'm better than this. I'm better than that. And we're actually not. In the kingdom of God, the way up is down. There's a very good reason why I go and buy food for the children every Sunday. There's, there's a method to that and it is to keep me small. There'll be some people that will feel you get to a certain point, you, you should be telling people to do stuff for you. In as much as God gives me the grace, I will carry on doing it because I want to stay small. I went to somebody's um, mom's service of songs and you know there was a big role for the big people and I went and was helping them to pack puff puff. There's a reason why I do that. Because I'm prone to pride. And I know. I'm honest with myself. I am prone to pride. So there are things that I do just to make sure that I'm, I am grounded. So he did not let his standard drop because of what he saw. When you're in the workplace and you're doing things well and your manager hates it, your colleagues don't like it, don't drop your standard. If you don't get that pay rise, if you don't get the promotion, don't drop your standard. Because if you drop it, then you will carry on dropping it. And you'll find out that by the end of whatever, you're worse than all the people who used to look up to you. Keep the standards high. There's a very good reason why here we, we, we tend to do things that a lot of people feel, but why are you doing this? There's only five people, there's only 10 people, there's only 20 people. We're keeping those high, so when people come in, the message is sent out there that, look, this is an excellent place you've walked into. We might not be many, but we're very, very good at what we're doing. And when you come here, you will see the excellence of God in what we do. Joseph kept in mind the vision that God had given to him. Don't give up. And I know there's, there's all sorts of um, prophecies that can come in saying, oh, this and that. Um, I am not saying that a prophecy that is negative is wrong, but you need to take it in a certain way. You need to go back to God and ask God, where is the, where is the challenge? What is it that I can do 
or that I am not doing that can lead to the negative thing that this person has said. And then you work on that. Just because somebody said, God has said that this will happen, doesn't mean it's going to happen. You know, there's many good visions that don't happen. And there's many bad visions that don't happen because of what we do or don't do. So if good vision doesn't happen because we don't do the good things, there's a possibility that a bad vision will not happen because we take steps to make sure it doesn't happen. Joseph failed, but he kept going. If you fail, it doesn't mean you stop. If you don't get that job, if you don't get the sale, if you don't get, if you don't get the girl, it doesn't mean you stop. You keep going. I'm serious. Eventually, you will find someone who will give you their phone number, and then you will go out on a date, and then they will like you. I'm serious. Okay? You keep going. Even though things don't work, you keep going, and you keep going. Learn from where you failed, and keep going. So the next one, more questions for us. Are you a Joseph? If we're doing the series, we're going to be listening, we're going to be studying, we're going to be learning. Are you a Joseph? Do you love the things of the Father? Can he trust you to show up? Can he trust you to show up? Can he trust that at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, if somebody wants to shoot you, they should go to you or bless him because you'll definitely be there. Or, I don't know, we don't know. When the angels, they tell the angel saying, go and give blessing to this person, the angel will be saying no. Because I went last week, he wasn't there. I went the week before, he wasn't there. I'm serious. This is really how things work in the kingdom. The blessing is not going to be brought to your house. The blessing will be brought to the place where you meet with God. And if you're not there, hmm, do you love his house? Does it bother you? Do you think of the church when you're not here? Do you think of the church when you're here? Or is it somebody else's problem? See, I have found that in churches where there are more people who have a heart towards the house of God, people do better. And how do I judge that people do better? I check the parking lot. Honestly, check the parking lot. And it's, it's not to do with money. It's not to do with that. But where you see there's a dedication to God, things work better. Why shouldn't it be that way? Why should it be that where people are more dedicated to God, there's less blessing? It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. The closer you are in hierarchy to the CEO of a company, the higher your salary is, not lower. So all these, oh, I'm worshiping God and that's why I'm having this problem. No. The problem is God's way to get you to be ready for the better thing that he's going to bring. Do you love his kingdom? Joseph was bothered that his father's sheep was going down and down and down and down. Are we bothered? Do we want the kingdom of God to grow? Do we love his other children? Or is it just about me? As long as I'm okay, as long as my family is okay, as long as my ministry is okay, everybody else doesn't matter. Are you from Leah or from Rachel? See, there's two types of churches. 
There's Leah and there's Rachel. Leah, we're told, had funny eyes. Funny eyes means that she lacked in vision. So if she did not have the vision, her children couldn't have. Rachel, we're told, was beautiful and she was loved. Leah tried and tried and tried to make a husband love her. The Leah church is about doing, 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 doing to make God like us, to, to make us, to make him give us stuff. The Rachel church, Rachel just knew that Joseph loved her. That all she needed to do was just to show up and Leah and her ten children meant nothing to Jacob. <coughs> A Joseph in a Leah church will struggle. And if you are a Joseph, you can only do well in a Rachel church. Because we're different. Yes, we have the same father. It is still God. It is still Jesus that we call. But we're different. And that to me has explained a lot of things that I have seen in my time in ministry, not just here, in different places. I can understand now why at times there's clashes and at times we look like there's a battle that is drawn because we may well be from different mothers. Can we read Psalm 127.1 please? When God builds, he breaks first. Yeah, the passages, unless the Lord builds the house. When God builds, he breaks first. God will hurt you. God needs to hurt you before he can use you. God will wear you out. Literally, he will. Then when he has finished breaking you, he builds what he likes. And then you're useful. So if you feel like you're being broken, you are being broken. He's breaking you so he can take out the things that he doesn't like. The story of Joseph is a story of breaking. Um, and as we go through, we'll find out how, I think, how powerful God is. God is powerful. So we're nearing the end because I'm about to run out of time. Okay, so the next one. So we have, doesn't show up that well here. There are two lies from the enemy. Two. The one that says there's pastors and priests, there's church leaders, there's whoever else, and uh, people who are not. That is a lie. It came from the Catholic Church. Why did they do that? After the persecution of the Christians, it became popular to be a Christian. It became popular to be a pastor, a leader, and they started to give them money. Because they wanted to keep the money for some certain people, that's when they said, oh, you're a priest, and... Everybody else is not. So all the offices of the Bible and all the gifts, and they basically said it's only for some people. They stopped people from reading the, the Bible, um, and they basically created this mini group of people who were the ministers. And that was in AD 300. So for 1,700 years and more, we've run... A business really where we're paying a hundred people but only two people are actually working 
that's you 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 really don't need to be a guru to know that a business like that is going to tank and that's why the church is the way it is now because you'll have a few people doing everything and everybody else just turns up they sit down they pray they go home that's not what god has in mind for his church that's not what god has in mind for this church for every person who turns up there are things you're meant to be doing that's a different um, sermon. The second lie is that there's a separation between secular work and ministry work. You know how pastor said that the handkerchief of Peter, the apron, used to heal people? Yeah? It basically means that there isn't a time where your spirit person, where your work for God is switched off. So what I'm saying is, if there isn't a division between pastor and uh, lay members and if there isn't one between secular work and ministry work it means that you're in full-time ministry all of us are in full-time ministry there'll be very few people that all they are that all they're going to do is work in church but all of us work think about it if you're in church for i guess three hours on sunday and you're at work for 37 hours. Which one do you think ought to have more of an, an impact? Is it the three hours that you use on Sunday or the 37 hours? That's one of the reasons why if you don't preach, if you don't go in spirit, if you don't read the Bible, if you don't sing, don't worry. Honestly, you are not less. And if you do preach and if you do sing, you go in spirit, you are not more. What we do here is we come and pray, we get the power, we get the vision, and then we step out there and we impact um, for the kingdom. Next one, we're going to have to rush. We need to understand the cross. And I'm glad we're in a church where the cross keeps coming off. The denominations that don't tell people about the cross are not going to be part of this move of God. Because people will just not have the incentive, they will not have the understanding to be able to take what they have to the marketplace. So the cross tells you who you are, the Holy Spirit gives you the power, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit will guarantee the access. It wasn't the gift of Joseph that got him to where he was. It wasn't his gift. It was the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I know that Pastor Bayo keeps saying this, but it is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that will get you there and keep you there. I said there are two types of churches. There's also two sides of the gospel. The gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. The first one we tend to hear of often. The second one, the gospel of the kingdom is what being a Joseph is about. The children of Leah, yes, they are saved. You know, God is their father and they're in his household, but they don't really bother about the kingdom. And it is in the impact in the kingdom that we're going to get to the places where God wants us to get to. It is the gospel of the kingdom that will impact the soul, spirit, and the body because it will be, it will solve people's 
problems, the physical problems that they have, it will impact the whole world and it will put you in charge of things. Joseph ended up in charge because he was pushing the gospel of the kingdom. So what is the church? Next slide. Um, the church is the place that we come to to get the power. That's why you can't afford to miss church. Because this is where you get taught. This is where God speaks to you. And then you get what you're going to do next Monday, next Tuesday, next Wednesday. And this, this is one of the reasons why I love um, the Word of God. Because it gives me the power to live the life that I'm living now. If it wasn't for the, the Word of God, I wouldn't be who I am now. Next, um, Jesus and the marketplace. So it goes back to what I was saying that the bulk of the ministry that the church has is actually outside of the church. So even with Jesus, his parables, even his life, the miracles in Acts, 97% happened in the, the marketplace. It is, it is great for churches to have big buildings and to have lo lo lots of services, but I feel the church would have more power if actually if we did not have those buildings and we had to rent like we're doing now and we were forced to go out there. And we were forced to on a Wednesday, oh, the man just forgot to turn up, the whole place is closed. Go and preach, go to Stratford, to Ilford, because that's what they were doing in the book of Acts. And the Bible says that the whole of Asia knew about Jesus. The reason why people don't know about Jesus now is that we're stuck in our churches longer and longer and we get buildings and we do programs and we, you go to my church, I go to yours, but no one is going out to the word. Micah 4 verses 1 to 2. It says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be the highest of mountains. And in verse 2 it says, many Nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. Do you know what that means? That means that Theresa May goes to the church and says, how am I going to sort out this Brexit? Hopefully what she finds in the church is people who are an expert in trade, experts in finance, experts in everything with the spirit of God and we say this and this and this and this and this and this. Tell me now if the church solves society's problem. When we want to buy a building and we want planning permission, don't you think it will get through a lot easier? Don't you think that they will be like, these people are useful? We're actually going to give them a building. We're going to put them on a salary and we're going to pay them just so they can sit down and tell us what to do next. So I'm going to tell us about a prophecy that was given to two people. God showed two people the exact same thing around the same time. They called Bill, Bill Bright and Lauren Cunningham in 1975. If God gives you a message, trust me, he's given the same message to somebody else. They may not be in the same place as you, but if, he's, if, if it is God, he will tell it 
to different people. So the, the prophecy that they were given is that there are seven mountains that shape the culture of a nation, a country. And the seven are economy, government, family, religion, media, education, and arts. The message of the prophecy is the context in which the children of God restore the earth to what God had in mind and about who is, is by climbing these mountains and getting to the top of them. So if you move to the next one. So here we see the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is simply doing things God's way. It's not about getting rich. So this series is not, I want more money, I want a salary that is bigger. That is not what it is. But what we're saying is that there are seven mountains, there's seven hills. And I want you, if you have your pens and papers, to look at the ones, which one is yours? Which of the mountain or mountains is yours? I'm claiming all seven. Because what I've told God is that I will help people in all these mountains get, get to the top. So for me, I'm claiming all of them. Habakkuk 2.14, it says that the earth will come to the knowledge of the glory of God. And just like that film, the glory of God is bottled up inside of you. And until you go out, until we go out, until we go to... Uh, the companies until we go to the schools, the glory of God is not going to be shown. His glory is in me and it has to come out. So pick, maybe it's one, maybe it's two. Which one do, do you feel you're called to? Because then there's levels and levels of prophecy, honestly. You know that for each of the mountains here, you know all the um, the tribes that were in Canaan, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Jerusites, they correspond to each one of these mountains. And there's a way to deal with the principalities on each of these mountains. And God has shown some people this and they're using it to push the kingdom and also to make money, which is useful. So next, I want to give an example of how you, you climb a mountain and you use that to push the kingdom. I'm sure that most of us have watched The Passion of the Christ. The story of that movie is that the maker of it, if you move to the next slide, is a chap called Mel Gibson. Now he was an actor in Hollywood, so he had the money, he had the name, to be able to push this sort of project. So he went out and he was asking for funding, but no one would fund a film about the death of Jesus, for obvious reasons. So he had to fund it on his own. He spent $45 million to make that film. That movie, even now, is the biggest selling R-rated non-English movie of all time. It grossed $700 million. Um, dollars. And that is all Mel Gibson's because he basically paid for it on his own. 
Do you know who the biggest audience was? The biggest audience of this film were the Arabs in the Middle East. Do you know why? Because when the film came out, uh, you know, people just say things. They were like, oh, it's a film that paints the Jews as bad. He says that the Jews killed Jesus. And you know, the Arabs hate the Jews. So they love anything that makes the Jews look bad. And they bought this film, and they bought this film, and they bought this film, and they watched it because they wanted to see the Jews look bad. Now, what many pastors have tried to do for centuries, Mel Gibson did with one film, sat in his house. Millions of people watched this film because he was at the top of the mountain and he could fund this project and he could push it. And he's a Christian. So what I'm saying is, if we can get one Mel Gibson, if we can get two, if we can get three, if we can get five, if you can get to the top of your company, and instead of laying people off, you say, you know what we're going to do? Everybody that is on the board, you have enough um, money. If we don't pay you a salary for two years, you're, you're going to be fine. If one CEO will do that, I'll tell you, hundreds of companies will follow. Do you know how many jobs we can save? If somebody gets up that high and says, the model that we're going to use is not going to be one that lays people off. It's going to be one where the highest paid just go on salary leave for two years. They, they can't afford it. I was hearing the news about this woman that... Um, started the betting company, paid herself last year 265 million pounds dividend. What's she going to do with it? Works out 750,000 pounds a day. I don't know. There are two strongholds in each kingdom. There are the gates and there's the palace. And we're all about getting people from the gate into the palace because that's when you're going to be able to say things and then it's going to be done. It's wonderful for the cleaner to say, oh, the people at the top, their salary is 256 times more than what? They can shout all the like. But the day that someone gets to the top and says, we're going to do things right, then things are going to be done right. Pastor was saying, 14 and a half million people in this country in poverty in the modern world in the UK that is wrong so there are models and patterns in the Bible of how people has God uh, people, uh, God has used people in the marketplace to make things happen, we're going to be um, studying one of them and I beg you even if you're not able to make it here listen to the podcast um apply the teachings when you go to work don't feel that all you're doing is just getting a salary there are people in the marketplace that depend on you depend on the presentation you're going to make depend on the proposal you're going to make there are jobs you're going to save there are jobs you're going to create 
and you're feeding people. When God said, I'll make you feed a nation, it doesn't mean that you're going to go to work and there's going to be a million people you're going to feed. It means that what you do, the ideas that come out of your head, will put food on the table of a million people. The NHS employs close to a million people. Oh, no, over. So the man that is at the top of that organization puts food on the table for a million people. He is a Joseph. I don't know whether he's a Christian. Imagine if he was somebody in the body of Christ that was leading that. Next, we're very close to, to the end. So there is a remnant in the body of Christ that God wants to push. So out of 12 children, Joseph was just one. So there's going to be very few people that God has a big place for. But we need to know how to get there and we need to know what to do when we get there. I'm doing a training in um, this to learn how to, um, to mentor, to coach people in the marketplace. And the man that is doing this um, for me, one of the members of his church is an MP. She's black, she's not white, she's an MP. And I said, God, this is exactly the kind of thing that I want. It's not about the money, it's about knowing that if I hear something weird that's going on in Parliament, I can just pick up the phone and talk to somebody and just say, can you please talk to these people? And that's what he, he does, that, that's what he can do. She's a member of his church. Wherever God wants to pull someone up, he will create a crisis, next time. he will create a crisis, so if there's a crisis in your workplace, it's because God is paving the way for you to get there. But you need to be ready to be able to fill that role. So what I've got next, I've got a list of the professions that we have here. And as you can see, there's all sorts. We're blessed. But what God is saying is that I have more. There's far more. I know you're happy, you're okay, you're fine. But I'm thinking of the other children that I do have. Some of the other children that don't even know me. And I need to use you to change the lives of those people. So the story of Joseph is an instruction manual on the transformation that needs to happen within us to qualify us to occupy our places on the top of the mountains. The reason why there's non-Christians at the top of the mountains is because we've refused to go there and there can never be, be a vacuum in nature. If God is not there, then the enemy is there. God can do more through one man who is 100% dedicated to him than through a hundred men who are only 90%. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.